Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Recording started. Did you see that? Yeah. Yeah. No, I didn't see it, but I met him before when I was... I'm talking about Cuba Gooding's brother. Yeah, I know Cuba Gooding's brother. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, he used to be. He used to come in there all the time. They bring him in there. What? 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 What was this? What were you guys? I was working at the uh, West Oakland uh, Health Center where we used to have a we used to have an alcohol detox unit. And he used to come in there. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna tell him. No, don't 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 tell him. Isn't that? Hello. Hello. How are you, Miss Pratt? How are you doing? Good. How about yourself? I'm I'm doing great. Looks like I'm not going to be able to have you on the screen because it sounds like you're still driving, right? Yes, sir. Yeah, because we taped this and uh, we can do the same thing that they do on television in terms of having people be like in the studio. Right, right. Yeah. Uh, do you want to move me to next week, or? Well, if you. Because I apologize, it. I still. Yeah, yeah, that's that's fine. If you, you know, if you're still driving, you can't. Uh, yeah, you can make it next week, and uh, that'll be great. Okay, then that way I could be. I promise you, I'll be on camera. I just had to work late this evening. Okay. All right. Great. All right. Well, you have a, a good evening here. Take it, take it slow out there and be safe. Okay, and I'll see you next Tuesday. Right. Thank you. Take care. Okay. All right. Thank you. Good evening, brother. What's up? Hey, what's happening? Good evening oh. to you. Yeah, man, I had a sister, but she was, she didn't get off until late. You know, she's the head of a number of programs, and I really wanted her to meet up with you, but she said she'll be on next week because she was driving and there was too much noise okay, okay. With, the, with the car going on and stuff. So what's happening, man? Uh, hold on one second. Let me just say this is T25CL Entertainment. This is Galaxy Talk Radio, and this is The Mothership. This is Dr. Nina Kweku. And my very special guest tonight is Brother Harris Walker. And I'm going to let him tell you about himself because he can talk about himself better than I can talk about him. So go ahead and introduce yourself, brother, and let's get it kicked off. All right. Yeah. Go ahead. You got the mic, brother. Oh. 
I was trying. I, I had lost you for a second. I was trying to get you back. No, I couldn't you hear you. the intro from me? Was... Yeah. Okay, I cool, cool. I just wanted to make sure because I couldn't hear nothing for a second. Oh, okay. But uh, I'm Harris Walker. I'm the CEO of Hand in Hand Foundation. We're a 501c3 nonprofit uh, based in California, but we are expanded into New York, uh, Georgia. Uh, our home office is Las Vegas, so I could guess you could kind of say we share state for mm -hmm. home offices. Right. But our mission is about environment and children. I mean, we help each other win by yeah. working together. Uh, no doubt, man. And, uh, you know, that's that's great work. I mean, you know, I know about what you've been doing. And uh, tell, tell people a little bit about this year housing program that you got going and how it works. Because I think it's it's exactly what's needed. We we got homeless people. Somebody told me the other day they had seventy thousand homeless people down in L.A. on Skid Row. You know. Oh yeah, we have about two hundred and twenty-four thousand in in the state of California by itself. Yeah. Which makes up actually approximately five percent. I mean, one a point five percent of the population of California. Yeah. And it's now, getting worse. I said, and it's getting numbers worse. wise. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, it's getting worse every day. It's oh, it's new homeless every day. Don't think you're safe. Yeah. If you're safe, the only way you're safe right now, you own your home, and uh, it's paid for, and all you're doing is paying taxes and stuff because you don't know how your income is going to be. See, this is one and of you, the things I I knew was going to happen. And you better not get sick. <laughs> oh no oh no oh no you know if, if you got your insurance to get aid up you will even if you have paid insurance you will eventually end up on welfare yes indeed so you might as well if you get sick today because the cost is so uh ridiculous i mean it's it, people say well it's worth it because uh, they saved my life they kept me going or whatever whatever I, oh yeah i do understand the gratefulness yeah. but our medical system is flawed. I mean, our whole system is flawed because of greed. So well, I figure there's only one way to. Hmm? Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, it's no doubt that greed. Yeah, I figure, is you the, know the is the is the culprit. Yeah, the, all of the issues that exist in America and globally. You know. Um, oh yeah. Oh yeah. And it's not about they talk team, but it's not about team. It's always about individual wealth. It is. Very few people actually talk team, and the ones who talk team, they're they're making it. They're the ones. I actually, that was uh, my brother sent me a YouTube video. I'm gonna have to send it to you. It was like uh, the video was uh, the things that rich black people do that poor black people don't do. Mm. In other words, rich people don't make a difference. They just put black into it. Because I look when I listen to it, I say, well. Yeah, I, I understand where they're coming from because I do I do everything that's in there. Mm -hmm. I may not do it to their time limit, but yeah, helping other people to uh, gain wealth—that's one of the things I've always did. Uh, create uh, creating opportunities, uh, working as a team, not trying to do it myself, and and getting every make sure everybody eats, being fair. You know, these things were just commonplace to me. I thought it was just normal. Yeah, but because of greed. It's just like crime today. It's stupid to commit a crime today. Cameras are everywhere. 
I mean, it ain't even got to be looking at you. They catching people on people's uh, ring cameras, <laughs> you know, in their houses and apartments and stuff. Cameras are everywhere. You're mm-hmm. going to get caught. And then when you get caught, you're going to do some serious time, especially like these like these people mess around with this TPP money. Mm-hmm. You you mess around with the government's money for real, and you think they're going like where are you going hide? No, they, they, I, I was you know, I was telling my grandson today. I said, "Well, they owe me money." He said, "Why don't you send them a letter?" I said, "It don't work that way. They send you letters, but you can steal all the letters you want if they owe you, and you will get it when they get ready to give it to you." <laughs> well, I mean, if they do owe you legitimately, if they do owe you, you can contact them. I have before. Oh yeah, I can contact them. There's a number. Yeah. In these days and times, it don't rush them up that much. You know, they're telling oh, yeah. well, yeah, well. here. In fact, they're telling people this year that if you don't get your tax in on time, they don't know when you're going to get them back. And if you don't you do may it, not, yeah, because yeah. of all the slow up, the pandemic, yeah. all that, yeah. Yes. Yeah, so. And the gov and the government dropped uh, uh, all so far about eight trillion dollars. It's still about three and a half trillion from the number I said. I said it takes between eleven and twelve trillion mm-hmm. a couple of years ago when to bring us back. Looking at the economy, looking at the looking at the logistics of everything, and so far I've been on target. You know, with how many stimulus we're going to have a stimulus next year. Yeah. You know, so some might as well get ready for it. Uh, yeah, well, they're going they're going to have to. And 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 now you got these what, people, man. Uh, they they are, uh, you know, these shortages of products, man. Have you been in Safeway or somewhere lately? Oh yeah, my girl is the manager at Walmart. They they don't have half the stuff that they're supposed to have in the store. Every time you go, I don't there. eat that shit anyway. Okay. Yeah, that's I'm the just, junk food anyway. I don't eat that anyway. Yeah. Maybe people eat healthier now and make better health food choices. And then uh, <laughs> when they see that uh, the only thing left is the health food. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, me, I primarily I the healthy stuff is the only stuff left. <laughs> yeah, I go to Trader Joe's anyway. You know more when i'm when i'm buying stuff like that you know because I, I i really yeah, I, trying to deal with you know the whole vegan uh, fruit uh thing because this stuff is killing folks and I, I i agree with uh with some of those doctors on one phase of this they said most of those people over 60 percent of those people who died of covid every one of them had some extenuating circumstances going on mm-hmm overweight or they had this or they had that we need to be healthier we have to take care of ourselves and that's even if COVID is not available because if you keep eating the way you're eating and living the way that you're living you're going to destroy yourself the body is not meant to take all the thing is the excuse is time I don't have time I don't have time to cook a good meal. I don't have time to do this. I don't have I'm, I'm trying to provide. I got to go to my job. I mean, it's the same same excuse and same reason. It's not really an excuse. I'm going to say same excuse though cuz you can't forget some things for what's more important that the average working family with yeah, kids but, and school if you, if only like- spend about 2 hours a day with their children. Yeah, but if you like to eat- And half of them don't even really cook dinner. Yeah, I said, but if you like to eat, you want to eat good food. Good food is not fast well, food, it's not fried chicken from Kentucky. Uh, I see over here. Okay, well, let's look at let's look at 
Let's Most, look at it. Good food is what you is what your food that's good to you is what you were raised on. Mm-hmm. All right, because this is this is this is the uh, conformity. This is the uh, you know you're used to this type of food. Like in some countries, they eat things in there that we would be like, ah, I ain't touching that. Ooh, there's some yeah. things in there like chitlins. I eat chitlins. A lot of people don't eat chitlins. A lot of people don't eat pork. They say pork is dirty. My uh, grandparents said to be a hundred years old, and they ate pork. But see, here's, and, uh, here's, here's but the thing. See, the thing is, it's about balance. Here's the thing about that: they ate that stuff, but you have to understand those people worked very hard. They ate fruits and they ate vegetables. In fact, I was talking to some people about this. Mm-hmm. The 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 mixture of diet that they had is just like in Africa. They go over yep. there and you see people in Africa. And they're like a hundred years old, and they walk around looking like they're sixty. And people say, "Well, how can they do that? They're living in, over here, and all these poor, you know, these people don't have a whole lot. They walk for miles every day. It's like over here. I, yeah. I cook. I cook at least six days out the week. I may not have to cook two days because we're eating some leftovers. Right. But I, 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 I know what I'm eating. I don't eat. I mean, the only time we eat the same type of meat or same type of dish is when it's a leftover. It's always a different dish, different vegetables. Uh, spinach is something that's real cheap and easy. Everybody should be eating it. Um, your leafy greens with your food. But see, like I always said, life and the creation, everything is about balance. Right. It's about you balance. See, when you say, when you, when you say, oh, these people got, uh, got sugar diabetes, well, they, they were doing too much of something. And they and they, they were doing too much. They certainly was not doing the. Uh, I, I met this guy years ago, and uh, he used to be downtown running the lake. The lake is about three and a quarter mile, and he'd run around there twice. And he was seventy-two years old. And uh, I asked him. I said, "When did you start this?" And he said, "Well, I had a heart attack when I was fifty-six, and I knew that I, would, I didn't want to have another one. And he'd been running the lake ever since then." And he hasn't had another heart attack and don't take no medication. You would think that people would be able to look at an example like that and say, hey, I'm not living right. I'm not doing this thing right. But they don't. You know, and I'm well, t- it's, you know, it, it all depends on the person. I, I Well, they said I had a heart attack. Mm-hmm. But to me, they're the ones that killed me putting in the, uh, putting the stents in my heart. But I didn't. I mean, I felt dizzy i felt weak i was sweating mm-hmm. i didn't have any pain or anything you know mm-hmm. but they said i was having a massive heart attack right there so i had to go in for the surgery which i ended up dying my girl said four times i died i, I thought they said two times mm-hmm. but you know they brought me back and uh but in my doctor's visits after <laughs> the doctors are looking at all my records and looking at my x-rays and all this other stuff they're looking at and they're trying to figure out why I had a heart attack. Yeah. They said even when they put the stents in is healed so completely they can't even they, if they didn't know, you know, if they didn't be able to see it, they, there's no scarring, there's no nothing, you know, but mm-hmm. they still put me on meds. And I said, so the heart attack's not going to kill me, you're going to make me have liver failure. And that's that's what and that's, the doctor didn't yeah. say nothing. Yeah, the doctor couldn't say nothing, but well, yeah, yeah. It's a it's it's a crapshoot when you go to the doctor because they give you those medications, and sure, they they do 
of something for one part of the body, but it's destroying another part. Not only that, when, well, you, when your body... I, I appreciate them doing, but they're still learning. That's why it's called practicing medicine. They're yeah. practicing still. Yeah, I, and I've told people that too. You know, I said, why do you think when you go to a doctor, he asks you all these questions, you think they're stupid? He asks you them questions because he don't know. He only knows right. what you tell him, <laughs> you know? What, what you tell them and what they can see on paper. That's right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And if you don't go frequently, they, they don't have a real good metal. It's just like a car. Yeah. The car needs to tune up every now and then. You got to do some maintenance to a car. Right. I don't care how good it is, how expensive it was, how fast, how nice, how old, how new. You got to do something to a car eventually. Same thing with your body. Mm-hmm. You got, But your body needs a constant tune-up. And that's by eating the right things. Okay, if you don't get out, a lot of us don't get out to do a lot of exercise. Well, okay, if you got a log, go cut it. Matter of fact, that would be an extra little business where you can make some money at the same time and get some exercise. Mowing lawns. Mm-hmm. You know, the thing is, we tend to make excuses for the things that we need to do to do the things that we want to do. Yeah, or we, we don't have time or we're too busy or some of that. All those kind of excuses. Yeah. You know, it's just like you say, people don't want to cook. But I refuse to eat garbage. So I'm going to make, I'm going to cook something like you say. I, even if I have to cook something for two or three days and cook two or three different things, and I'll do that sometime. And that way I'll have a different meal when I come home from work in the evening, you know? But oh, yeah. And there's, and there's backup meals. And there's, I, see, I, see around you know, like, I see around here, most of the people, they constantly got these Uber drivers of people drinking them fast food. You know, I, <laughs> yeah. And paying pay crazy amounts, like 15 like somebody paid $15 for a bag of Skittles. And they'll pay $35, $40 for a pizza. You know, I said, come on now. You know, hey, I ain't giving nobody. No a, I'll do that too, but I'll go get it. Yeah, but the thing about it, <laughs> I want mine, I want mine fresh. Yeah, if there's nothing wrong with that, if you do that once in a while, but if that becomes your regular diet, you know what I'm talking about? If you eating pizza today and chicken from Kentucky Fried Chicken tomorrow, and the next day you at Taco Bell eating garbage, you understand what I'm talking about? And McDonald's, yeah. Well, <laughs> all people got to do is, I mean, they, they, they're on the internet, so all they got to do is look at YouTube and just look at the studies and look at the actual people who t- done live tests, like the one on McDonald's French fries. Yeah, uh, you know, and it's because it's mainly because of the oil mm-hmm. that they use. But I mean, we eat a lot of we're a fried food country. Uh, we're a microwave country now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I'm so glad we're finally moving to the air fryer. I, you know, I use my air fryer. I like my air fryer because it cooks the way I want to. I'm still still playing with different recipes in it. Mm-hmm. But, you know, like I did a bake. I did baked potatoes. I did one. I did some in the oven, and I did a couple in the air fryer to see how they would turn out. So timing and all this other good stuff, you know. Mm-hmm. And it is a lot easier to clean up and everything afterward. You know, time is a time is a, is of essence, but people just don't use time management. Well, yeah, like they don't, don't use time financial management. Do you know how we used to have to have baked potatoes or baked sweet potatoes or baked white potatoes? We used to have to put them under oh, the yeah. fireplace, in the ashes, under the fireplace. Yeah. And they were slow cooked and they were yeah. good. And they were they were delicious. Mm-hmm. You know, so 
Oh yeah. I we think cook. it's just a matter I mean, of I mean, time. We live in such a fast pace of process now that we don't take the time. You know, people say, well, I got yeah. People rush out. People will rush come home on Friday and they want to go out and party. Well, how about you know the pandemic to, was the best thing that ever happened when it came to slowing people down. Yeah. You know what we used to do back that was in the best Connecticut. Thing that ever happened, but then people couldn't stand that. Yeah. What we used to do <laughs> when I, you know, as a, young man, days. as a young man, we'd go and we'd rent a gym and go play a basket, a couple of basketball pickup games and stuff. Oh, and yeah, that was go play and ball. And go out. Yeah. We go out there, we but, run up there. But as we get older, yeah. As we get older, see, this is where the problems really come in. I mean, when you're younger, your body's functioning above, usually at 110%. You got a lot of energy. You got this and that, unless, I mean, if you're healthy. And uh, you're moving more. Mm-hmm. You're moving more. So now, I mean, a lot of these kids nowadays, you know, they, they're gamers. So they they come home, they're straight into, straight into the games for 12 hours. So. And- yeah, and we and got that's, a, and so that's an epidemic that we got too. You got more kids, yep, under 12 years old that got diabetes. That is totally inexcusable. That is, oh, yeah. inexcusable. well, that's because the, the parents are poisoning them, yeah. The parents are yeah. poisoning them because and they don't realize it, they're poisoning the whole family. They don't realize it. And I'm not saying eating at McDonald's is bad, but it is bad for you if you eat too much of anything. Yeah, well, especially if you're not cooking and you're not in control of the kitchen. Well, my grandfather used to say one yeah. thing: variety is the spice of life. You don't eat the same thing oh, yeah. every day. You don't. You don't go eat this every day. You're going to eat something different. You're going to put something different in your. Oh body. yeah, you could own a restaurant. You're going to eat at other restaurants because you get yeah. tired of your own cooking. That's right. Yeah, definitely. I eat out. I mean, we go we go out and eat, but I go out and eat. I mean, like if I grab a McDonald's, you can bet I'm starving. And the only thing I usually buy is either the filet of fish mm-hmm. or the quarter pounder, and I always uh, get a tea with it. You know, I I don't drink nothing really but tea, all types of tea. Mm-hmm. You know. Um, I don't drink alcohol like I used to. I had more alcohol Super Bowl Sunday than I had in the last three months. And yeah. I think it was only two or three drinks I had, you know. But um, I understand that, you know, I don't, I'm happy. I don't need to live in a in a world of I got to be high all the time or drunk all the time to cope. And this is what exactly, you know, like I used to go out and I'd go out to a club and I'm not saying that sodas are good for you or anything, but I would buy a soda and people would think I was drinking. But drinking alcohol, yeah, I do that. I do that at clubs. And and I don't I don't drink drink that kind of stuff. I'll go up in I'll go up in Napa and I'll go up and get me a good bottle of wine. To me, that's a good evening. Come home and have me a couple glasses of that, you know. But I'm not going out in no club drinking several shots to have the police stop me on the way home. You understand know what I'm talking about? I just don't do that. Or, 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 or you tear up your car or you tear yeah. up somebody else's stuff or you kill somebody or hurt somebody. It's yeah. not worth it. No, but why do and, people and, do and, it? But a lot of people think you can't have a good time. I always had a good time. I okay. Because number one, I didn't go if if I was single and I went out to a place, I didn't go out there purposely just looking for a woman. If I was going to get with a woman and and, and associate with a woman, 
it was going to be a special event. You understand what I mean? I'm gonna go in and hang around and uh, right. and if, and if she one of them people that want uh, me to take her home that night, I probably was not going to do it. And certainly after the '80s, when AIDS and all that stuff come out, because I mean they got people out there to be walking around. In fact, this one sister I had, she was a good friend of mine. She said some of these women I know got all kinds of diseases, and these brothers don't even know it. You know, I'm just not yeah, really here yeah. sleeping, sleeping with anybody. And, and, well, and I mean, like I said, too much of anything is bad for you. Too much of anything is bad for you. You know, but, like you know, when I go out, yeah. and and, I, and I've always been this way. When I go out, I don't go out hunting for nothing. That's I go right. out if I'm going to a bar, we going to have a couple of drinks, laugh, shoot some pool, whatever. Yeah. Uh, if it's a club we're going to, I'm going to hear the music, check, uh, you know, hang out with some friends, meet some new friends, whatever the hell. No expectations, no wants, no worries. These people, right. they stress, they put stress on themselves. Like I try to explain to people, you create your own problems. Mm-hmm. Well, you, you, you know, know somebody, that. now something else may make it worse. You know, well, they, something else may grand, make your problem. My grandmother used to say, if you go out looking for something, you will surely find it. <laughs> no doubt about oh, yeah. that. Oh, yeah. but, but you know what? I wanted to really talk about to, uh, tonight. I know we're going to talk about some of your stuff in terms of, you know, what you're doing at Hand in Hand. But I wanted to, I want to get your, your, your opinion on two things. The Whoopi Goldberg okay. thing and CRT. First, let's deal with Whoopi. What? So you, I'm sure you've heard some of the dialogue and stuff that's going on around the statement that she made that the when the Germans was doing what they were doing to the Jews, it wasn't about race; it was about inhumane. How man is inhumane to other men? Inhumane to other people. Well, yeah, she was right, in, and and yeah. people took it out of context. Exactly, people took it out of context. It, it was. It wasn't just. It was about race. It was about race. Yeah, but, because and, he but was, it was definitely about yeah. humans being inhumane to humans, just like just like black slavery. Yes, exactly. Black chattel slavery. Yeah, it's the same thing. It's people being inhuman to people, and we turn it into a. We use race as an excuse. But that that. And, and the thing about mm-hmm. it, what makes it so bad is that when you look at the so-called Jews, and that's what I call them so-called Jews, because uh, there's no such race. And I've known a many scholars that can point that out to you and point to the information that with them. There's no such race as a Jew. There's no such thing as that. That, that uh, Hebrewism is a, is a religious sect. You know that's the 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 uh, uh, I don't see how do you say it, but it's it, it, actually, Judaism. Judaism is not a race. where they. It's not a race. Well, but, yeah. Well, that history not, goes and, that goes and, back as a religion. But and not only that, when you look at the so-called Jews, and the reason why I say that because a good friend of mine, I don't know if you're familiar with uh, Brother Leonard Jeffries. He's wrote a number of books. He's an anthropologist, a philosopher, a scholar, but he taught at the uh, NYC. And uh, back in the 80s, 
he was the one when they had went to, uh, you know, they had done a lot of uh, excavating stuff in Africa and so forth. And he had found that they went through some records in Britain and, and some of the other islands. And they found out that the ships that bought the slaves here, guess who owned them? The so-called so Jew. Here's what they tried to do to him. They tried to destroy him. They had him fired from New York University, but he filed a suit against him. And when he went into court with the proof to validate that stuff, they had to give him his job back and plus they had to pay him a lot of money. But the Jews run around, these so-called Jews run around trying to act like they're innocent in the whole process. And but they control the wealth. They control the conditions that so many people live under. But that by the same token, you can't even mention anything. Just like Whoopi, you can't even mention anything about it. They'll try to destroy you or wipe you off of the face of the earth. That's that M.O. I've read, I got a couple of books here. One called The Wandering Jew, and I got another one called The International Jew. One was written by Henry Ford. You, Henry Ford was the one who started. Ford. Yeah, that was The Wandering Jew. Yeah. That was and The he, Wandering Jew, yeah. And he talks about how they had manipulated the whole economy. In fact, back when he wrote that book, uh, he was talking about, the Jews had the money, like 65% of the wealth in America was controlled by Jews. So you have to say that if they control the money, they control the politics. They control the, all of the situations that people, you know, all of the conditions that people are living under is created by those people who control the wealth. And so this is what they're doing. Are you familiar with the Balfour Agreement? No, I'm not. Well, well, that's the agreement what they signed with Britain when, before Britain, when they were about to, before they got in the war with, uh, U.S. jumped into the war with, with Germany. Well, the Jews were not in Israel at that time. What they did, some of them had went back there, went there, but they weren't the original Jews that came out of Ethiopia. And what they did was they, had, had, uh, because the Jews had so much control financially, they had told them, Britain told them that it, that they would be back them if they could get the U.S. to come in and help them. And that's how they did that stuff. So what they did, they said, well, if you can do that, we will set a, a plot of land aside for you, for you to have a homeland. But yet still, they go around promoting this stuff off like God left them uh, that land over there. They're over there destroying. Well, I mean, we all we all put all, all these countries and governments put a claim on God's land. All right. Yeah. And this is all God's land. And God gave it all to man. Man drew the set, drew the lines in the sand to say this is this country and this is our country here and this is that country. Mm -hmm. God didn't do that. Yeah, but it's what I'm saying. But but they go around and talk about that God so we can't, was ordained. But I'm we can't blame a whole we can't blame a whole race. I'm not. I'm not talking about whole race. You that race. When I'm talking about, if I'm talking about white people, I'm not talking about every white person on the planet because I know some dynamite white folks. You understand what I'm saying? But yeah, but I'm talking about when you and you are what you talk. Yeah, but when you when you're talking about Jews, you know, I'm not talking about every Jew because there are Jews out here who don't support that shit. 
just like there are Jews over there in Israel who did not support them putting all the African people out of Israel. I mean, they were doing mm -hmm. that three or four months ago. But see, the, but the, here's the thing. the Just like here with uh, the so-called Donald Trump syndrome that people have got caught up in. Sure, every white person is not a racist, but they support racist bullshit. You know, they support racism. Well, like I said, you're a product of your you're a product of your environment. The so, problem with racism is that most people didn't grow around and grow up around those other races. They were segregated and separated. Yeah, and they were and they were, well, they, were they, they were fed that stuff because I tell you when when I was a kid, when they started integrating school, there were kids that I played with every day, white kids, you know, every kind of kid. You understand? Oh, but, yeah. when, but when they integrated the schools, their parents told them that they could not play with us anymore. All of a sudden, we became niggas. Huh. You understand what I'm saying? Oh, so, well, yeah, I was, they, I, was, they, I was there. Yeah, their families. <laughs> I their was families, there, but, but luckily I grew up. Their families. I didn't, were, I didn't go through that as a kid. Yeah, but see, white families were intimidated the same as blacks. And I've heard white people say, oh, yeah. if, if I come over to your house, or if I continue to interact with you, these white folks are going to run me out of here. Their own people will destroy them. Oh, yeah. So Yeah, a there's I'm, a few in there if they, let fear, if they let fear take over. But you come yeah. for me, I can come back. I yeah. come for you. I, you yeah. see, there's one thing, the one thing I've learned in this world. You put your pants on like I do, you ain't no better than me. No. You don't scare me. What you can do to me, I can do to you. Just I, think it shows, I don't want to, but hey. but I think it shows that that people are willing to sacrifice credibility for comfort. In other words, people, people willing to sacrifice. Up, these people could have stood up and say, "I don't care what you say. You're not going to tell me who my children can play with or who my children can go to school with." But no, it would have been there were those. There were there were those. Okay, let's look at it. Okay, now let's let's look at rich dad, poor dad. Okay, my dad was a rich dad. He was a rich black man, mm -hmm. wealthy by white standards. All right, so of course he dealt in those circles of the white, rich whites, rich Arabs, uh, shit, the the uh, uh, Shah Iran's nephew and son worked for my dad just so they could understand and see America. All right. Donald Trump. I've known him since I was 15. You know, uh, these circles, uh, um, my, my, my attorney was Willie Brown when I was seven years old back in 1967. Okay. I, I grew up with these people. Martin Luther King, shoot, we've been part of this church since I was a baby. He knew <laughs> down the street, Oakland, West Oakland. Tenth and Adeline. That's where I lived in Acorn. Mm. By the Blue was my neighbor. I grew up around a, a lot of people in different areas, and I've seen good areas, nice areas, go bad. I've seen bad areas go good. Mm -hmm. But one thing I always notice: there's a separation of races when it comes to money. That's what really separates the races. Is not is your economic standard. All right, so people say black people, 
they get famous, whatever, get rich, they leave the hood. They don't support their hood. No, they get, they got to leave the hood because it's dangerous. It's dangerous. You don't have the security you have in the big mansion. So you have to move. Not that you want to. You have to. And anybody who lives in the hood will know it's not safe. It's not safe if you ain't got no money. Well, I, I don't necessarily. And I ain't talking about just black hood. I'm talking about all hood. No, I know, but I don't necessarily. I'm talking about all hood. Yeah, because I lived in Brooklyn. Well, let me and think. Brooklyn, okay, let me. The only ones Brooklyn, I know that have money the, in the hood. The, no, let me, let me just say this. In the area that I live in, the guys and the people around there, sure, they were gangsters, but they didn't do it in their neighborhoods. They, I'm going to tell you, I lived on a street right in the heart of Bed-Stuy. An old woman could get up at three o'clock in the morning and walk to the store by herself, and nobody would bother her because nobody that lived in that neighborhood. Now, yeah, but it was it, you're talking a, you're talking a different time back then, though. You're talking a time but, where but, but it was just the wine was the biggest problem on the street. But the but the but we had crime on the street. Sure, we always had crime. We have crime in in the in the multi million dollar neighborhoods. The money don't stop crime. And back there's more crime, crime actually in, is less crime in the hood. Statistics say yes. is less less crime in the hood in the lower income areas than it is in the middle class and the upper, area. and especially the middle class has the highest crime rate. Now, pressure, stress, trying to hang on to what I got, things, their image. See, these are things that people value. Bullshit. Mm-hmm. They value oh my image. I don't care what you think of me because uh, if you think bad of me, that's your fault because I did nothing wrong to you. Unless you did something to me and I'm defending myself. I'm not. I, I don't have time to cause problems. I don't have time for gossip. Even my mother, when she calls, she wants to get to her, mom. It ain't my business. I don't want to know about nobody else's business. How you doing? All right, I ain't got time for that. But other people sit there and engage into that conversation and fall into a trap because they want to appease the person they're talking to, even if it goes against their own wishes. But isn't I'm going to speak isn't, to my mind? Is it that what the majority of the populace is about appeasing other people or being accepted into a certain group and allowing sitting back and allowing stuff if, to happen? If, if, that, if, that's what, if that's what they feel that's important to them, yeah. if that's what they feel that's important to but them, you, yes, but, you, but it's but not you, important to me. But you can't do that and then all of a sudden uh, uh, say, I'm not to blame for anything that goes wrong. Because when any of us sit back and allow shit to happen, that's detrimental to we're others. We're just as guilty. we just as damn guilty. And yeah. that's why when white folks say, well, I'm not a racist. No, but you support racist bullshit. So I'm like Dick Gregory. We don't have time the way black folks have been manipulated all over this planet, we don't have time to sit around and try to figure out which one is the good ones. Because we it's too difficult. No, because they're going to weed themselves out anyway. See, anyway. the thing is, the bad one's going to go into the white man's system. All right? The jail system. Right. No matter what we tell them, that there's more legit money out here than there's illegal money, and you can make it just as quick, they they'll rather take that illegal role. And we were laughing about that today. We said it's stupid to commit a crime. That's like I said, there are cameras everywhere for one. Most people ain't gonna leave their cell phone behind. So they're tracking that. 
Mm-hmm. Um, people's ring cameras. Everybody got a phone. Yeah, I, I had. Where this guy, are you going? I had this and guy. I had this guy that came to me about a couple of years ago. He steals somebody's phone, and and the police was flying over his house within an hour and busted him for a phone. Uh, yeah, I, <laughs> I mean, you would and think, you know, you would, you would think that they would. Data know is too much money, bro. Yeah, data. Your data is too much money. So of course they got you. Every way you want to go, they got you. Use a credit card, they got you. Use mm-hmm. cash, they got you. It don't matter. They got you on film using cash. They got you walking into the gas station, into the service station, into the bank. They got you walking down the street. Got you driving. Yeah. Okay. So now, eventually, people wake up and it's going to make a world safer because you don't need privacy if you're in the street. No, you need privacy in your home. All right. So, yeah, I agree with that. I agree cameras should be everywhere. And anybody stupid enough to commit a crime need to go to jail or get some psychiatric help. Well, well, that's that's my thing, too, except, uh, you know, there are some cases that, uh, you know, that deserve some question. But anybody who goes out, if you know, well, there's a I know because I was, a, I was a gangster as a young man. But when I made a decision that I wasn't going to nobody's jail no more, I ain't been in nobody's jail no more. You understand what I'm talking about? But here's the thing. Oh, yeah. When people, like I always tell people, ain't no need of crying once you get in jail. Once they close the door, the hell with that bullshit. You know, so what has happened? Mm-hmm. Now, and you and we ain't talking. You gonna spend four hours or no. four days? You yeah. been there for years and every now. year. And and this is how how sick we have become in that whole venue uh, of of activity. Guys have learned how to be incarcerated and don't mind it. I've heard them say it, man. I can do ten years. I can do that on my on one leg. I ain't thinking about doing one day. <laughs> you understand? <laughs> and when I hear somebody yeah, talk, I, shit well, like I can that, do five years. <laughs> when I hear somebody but talk, first thing, first thing we need to do is teach them how to count. See, if we teach them how to do the math first, then maybe they'll think about it. So, okay, Dr. Quaker, we're going to go pull this lick. We're going to get 20 grand. Mm. All right? 10 yep. grand a piece. It's we pulled been, the, we pulled the lick. We think we got away. Oh, here come the police. All right, they're gonna take it. They're taking us to jail. We ain't got the twenty grand no more. We're gonna lose most stuff because they're gonna because if we don't have no way of showing what we that we were working at one time or whatever, they're gonna come take other stuff out your house. Uh, Ill, what they feel is ill-gotten gains, jewelry, whatever. Unless you prove it came from family or you bought it years ago, you know. Uh, then you got to pay attorney, or most people uh, take a plea bargain. Mm-hmm. They don't even make a work for it no more. And uh, we get 10 years apiece. So, so let's say we didn't end up with nothing, but if we did get away, I mean, if we did get a chance to spend the money, well, we let me tell you, $1, I can tell you where you're going with that. It wouldn't even be minimum wage if you spent 10 years in jail. All right. <laughs> It is eighty dollars a month. <laughs> that's what you spent. That's what you got your freedom taken from. That's why you got. That's why you sitting in a hole 
That's why you in there with everybody of the same sex that may want, and some of them may want your sex. Yeah, they end up being, and, and you be, you end up being disrespected by every god that determines that he wants to disrespect you. I say, hell, it ain't worth every it. person. And, and every I got person, even in jail, they. People. I say, if, if I'm going to jail, I'm going to go to jail for holding up the Brinks truck for about ten million dollars. I'm not going to jail for. I ain't long. even going to jail for that because that ain't. No, I'm not. I'm not either. I, I said, I said if I was going to make that decision. It would be about something like that. There's no way that I'm going out here and run the. If river. I'm gonna commit a crime, if I'm not gonna commit a crime, and let's put it that way, I'm not gonna commit a crime intentionally. Uh, if yeah. I go to jail, it's because I'm defending myself or my family. Mm-hmm. My property. You want to steal my car? Go ahead. It's for sure. Please do. <clears throat> you want to steal something out the house? Hey, welcome in. It's insured. I'm gonna get new shit. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Thank you. <laughs> this is stuff. Yeah, well, guys, uh, when when, yeah, when you know, well when when the guys saw me when I squared up, man, because I squared up when I was young, man, I was still relatively young, about twenty four, and I had been in jail, you know. And the guys said, mm-hmm. "They said Quaku done squared up, man. He he don't want to do nothing." I said, "No, I don't want to be sitting up in a jail cell at night, putting a mark on the wall." Exactly. <laughs> but see, you, know, you like you said, you were a gangster back in the day. See, I was a hustler back in the day. Yeah, my hustles were legal, but they were some may have walked the line, but it wasn't stealing. I hustle skills, my skills. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? I, I my first hustle, believe it or not, was hustling pinball games. Pinball games. I, I learned how to play pinball. I love playing them. I was a wizard. I used to win hella games. And when I leave, I come back the next day to the pool hall and I'm playing my games that I won the day before. So I say, well, boy, I win something good in all these games. Let me start selling these games. I start giving people deals instead of getting uh, two, uh, 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 what was it? I was selling, I think, uh, three games for uh, 50 cents back when they were doing one game for a quarter, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was hustling like that, but I was making forty, fifty dollars a day. We talking nineteen seventy one, seventy two, seventy three as a kid. That was one of my hustles. Mm-hmm. Okay, that was one of my making money hustles. Something that simple. I used to shoot pool. I was a very good pool pool shooter. Used to make. I used to really started shooting pool. I used to make two, three hundred a day just shooting pool. Oh yeah, I used okay. to. I used then, to do that stuff too, but you know when I was when I said I was a gangster. But I'm gonna tell you, I'm gonna but see, I I'm always primarily. I, when I said I was a gangster, I was primarily working with police officers in Boston, who used to set up situations for us to make money. I I used to run with a cop, and uh, you know he had saw me and he had heard about me from being in the joint. And he said, I can show you how to make five, ten thousand dollars before breakfast in the morning every day. And we did that. But we weren't doing no out out there hurting nobody. We were uh, taking down big companies. We were going to the market square where those big trucks come in and we would load up a whole van with uh, 50 or 100 suits. You understand what I'm talking about? Mink coats, all that. So I was selling this stuff all over town. But, you know, the thing about it is, the reality was after a while, I said, look, I don't want to go back to jail. And if I keep doing this shit, that's where I'm going to go. 
And it ain't making me rich. I was making money, but I was spending it just as fast because I would make money in the morning and I'd be at the racetrack running the horses uh, <laughs> the rest of the day. You know what I'm talking about? And be at the club. Yeah, uh, see, see, I was, see, I was too busy. I was, I was working, going to school, hustling the whole nine yards, taking care of my brother and sister. But, you know, but on the streets, People used to wonder, like, you know, they used to claim me, me and Pierre was doing everything, but they didn't know, but they knew they knew we always had bank. We were driving cars at 13 years old, driving to Berkeley High and West Campus and stuff. Um, and, but we didn't, we wasn't going to jail. They were. Right. And every time they'd be like, man, you know, what y'all doing? Woo, 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 woo. It was what me and Pierre did. Yeah. But like I said, it wasn't just about making money. It was about saving money, too, before yeah. we had cars. I learned the whole AC transit uh, uh, transfer system. We and never paid to go anywhere. And that's the thing. I was making money. If I had half the money, I could have bought five or six houses that I threw away. Well, see, I room. bought my first one at 18. On my 18th birthday, I signed the papers just so couldn't nobody else say they had any claim on my first house. Yeah. And, but the thing you about see, it, because like I, I said, I, I learned. I, I agree with you on one thing. You know, when you go to jail, you make a conscious decision to go there. You may not like it once yeah. you get there. You, you, you volunteer, and you may not understand that, but you but volunteer you, to go to jail. But you make a conscious decision. And I remember being in jail the time that I was in there, and I'd read. You know, I'd, I'd, I'd read because I wanted to had to keep my mind busy while I was in there studying. But I, one of the things I, I, I watched all those other guys, I was very observant and I watched guys in there bragging about doing 15 years and 20 years and 10 years. And this is my second 10. Spot. Yeah, that, yeah and, they sound stupid, don't they? Yeah, they, it was dumb as shit. <laughs> you know, I said, well, that's why I say stupid people go to jail. You got to be crazy. Stupid people go to jail. Yep. And there's money everywhere. There's money everywhere. Everything, look around you. Everything around you costs money. Okay, yep. if you got enough hustle to go out there and do something illegal, why can't you go out there and uh, get, get, catch you a big clearance sale mm -hmm. and go sell that stuff at the flea market? Well, I agree with you, but see, you know, me and my brother come from a different uh, scenario that you did. We were in the street as kids because we didn't have parents around. You understand what I'm talking about? So, well, yeah, see, well, that we, was one thing we lived in an environment where you almost had to steal to get something to eat because you wasn't old enough to get no job. You understand what I'm talking about? And you, and you didn't know where your parents mm -hmm. were, all that kind of shit. So, yeah, that's why I said I can't help the children until I can help these parents. That's, yeah. And, you know, it probably. I don't care I, what we do for the had, children, let them take them from them. Yeah, if I had had uh, uh, a stable environment where i would have had a chance to go and do what i wanted to do or what i needed to do i probably would have never went to jail you know oh, no. that's what that's why i ain't worried about my kids going to jail you know what i'm saying because i retired from my business at a very early age when i could be still making millions and i retired from my business to be home to raise my children right I was blessed to be able to do that, but I'd made a conscious choice. What was more important to me? Me making money constantly and it's just money 
we got money, we got millions. Mm-hmm. So what what was more important? Running my company, flying around the country, traveling, coming home when I can and no, no, no. Raising my children in the streets of Oakland, California was was my main thing. Teaching them what they needed to know to survive, teaching them what they needed to know to protect themselves, and teaching them what they needed to know to grow. Uh, did they, you know a guy? You so, said you went to uh, you lived in West Oakland, Campbell Village. Did you know a guy down there by the name of Leonard Houston? Leonard Light Skin Leonard used to dance. Yeah, light, real light skin, bro. You said, yeah, light skin Leonard used to dance, had a kind of buck tooth in the front. Yeah. Don't let it know me very well. Well, I, you know, I knew all those guys. In fact, I used to work with those guys because Leonard, I don't know if you know it or not, but Leonard went out there and got hooked on on that horse, but he got clean. He was one of the few brothers that I know that shot them drugs in his arm and cleaned himself up and became a really productive uh, guy. But, uh, Oh, yeah, it's never too late. That's why I believe yeah. every I believe in giving people a second chance. I mean, I was known for hiring the hardcore unemployables as other people called them. But they had they when they came into our environment in the sales environment and the type of sales environment we had, we have a regiment. They you know, there were meetings basically every day. People people today I talked to my old salespeople and managers and so on. They say, you know what? I never realized we was in meetings every day. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, we had to keep your mind occupied. We had to keep your mind on business even when you was off, you was on business. You were a salesperson. So the thing you're selling is your personality. Is You're selling you. The product don't make a difference because the product works. Oh no! I, I know. I, they don't like I, I used to. I, in fact, I don't know if you remember when the microwave first come out, and it was probably before your time. Yeah. But uh, I was one well, of the first, I was one of the first people. I'm sixty-one. I was born in '60, so it wasn't before my time. But I was no. I was selling microwaves, and I remember I was selling. Remember when people had them uh, floor mouse freezers, them big, and I'd go around and I sell people yep. a freezer full of meat if they buy the freezer. You know, and, and get them to sign a contract, and uh, I was selling microwave. That's where I first started selling them, man. And back in Connecticut, I met these guys, and they said, "Man, you know, that's when I got legal." And uh, you know, they took me in there, and they made me. Uh, uh, that way. Yeah, they made me executive director of this organization called the American Black Benevolent mm-hmm. Association, and we trained. Well, and- I'm gonna tell you, hmm? if you train a person in sales. You could teach them how to eat for a lifetime. All right. The people I I raised, I call I raised these kids. They and some of them were older than me when they were working for me. But if you ask them who raised them, who made them into what they are today, they're gonna say me. Yeah, but you know they I call me and tell me this all the time. Father's Day, yeah. you know, birthdays, all that. Man, thank you thing, for being in my life. Yeah, but the thing about selling. Is you have to have a knack for that, because no, I know you I, don't. Yeah, yes, people. Let me tell you. Let me tell you why. I ain't well, seen I, the doctor yet slap a baby on the ass and say he's gonna be a salesperson. Let me tell you why. I used to sell insurance too. Now, when you uh-huh. sell insurance, you might go to fifteen houses and get one bite. You have to really okay. have 
And you thought when you sell in magazines, you may go to 30 doors and, and, and get one sale. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. It All right. It's not about it's not about how many doors you hit. But you have to I really do, and I know this from training and trying to train other people how to be good salespeople and talk teaching them that, like you said, you're not selling this product, you're selling you. Because I've always believed when I knocked on somebody's door. Okay. If they let me inside that door and if they set me down and offered me a cup of coffee, a cup of tea or something, I was going to make that sale. That's what I'm talking about. It's an attitude that a person has to have to oh, be. Well, yeah, that. but like I said, that you're not born a salesperson. You're no. taught and trained to be a salesperson. Yeah, but you must. You see what I'm saying? Some sell. people may have a gift for talking bullshit, yeah. but they can't sell. No. I'm a salesperson. I hold records at every place I even worked, even good guys. I got their records. Selling cars. Uh, shit, I built a whole dealership, a whole auto mall around my technique of selling cars in, in Fairfield. Fairfield Auto Mall? Yeah. yeah. I was top salesperson there from the day I walked in, and I, and I beat everybody. Never sold cars before in my life. You, you and I told them I would beat them and bet them. You sold cars here uh -huh. in Fairfield? Yes, I'm the one who, yeah, when it was just, with Ron Barber, when it was just uh, Fairfield Toyota, where there's Nissan, the whole auto mall is now. Yeah. yeah. I'm the one that helped them build that. I'm the one that changed his advertising. I'm the one that changed, that broke all his records. And then I got fired from there. I got fired because the new management team came in and I was late for a meeting because I answered a phone call for a customer. A sale that was coming in that day, and uh, he wanted to fire me. So I told him, okay. You know, my manager was a friend of mine who taught me into getting in the car business, and Lenny, rest his soul. And um, Unc tried to fight for him. I said, no, Unc, I need a vacation anyway. But I, I want to tell him this. Next time you see me, I'll be walking in. You'll be walking out. Because one thing that they'll understand that when I'm gone is that I make the money. You don't. And I went to work for Vacaville Dodge, broke their records, and then got tired of working, selling cars. I was just going to stop. I'm, I'm, I'm must, making one hundred fifty, hundred sixty thousand a year. You must know that Williams family there, because it's a brother that owns Vacaville Dodge. Oh, Williams, yeah, Mr. Williams, yeah, 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 yeah. I know all of them. Yeah, I helped build that before they built the new Dodge when it was just the old Dodge state uh, there. I was there. I'm the one that set their records. I'm the one that paid for that bill, mm. selling over $2 million worth of cars a year. All right. So understand, when I say I'm the top best salesperson in the world, I'm not just pulling chains. You can go on YouTube right now and, and pull up the greatest door-to-door -door salesperson, and you'll see, oh, the people I train. Mm. Pull it up. Kenny, I train Kenny. Uh, Dontel, I mean, Donnell. I trained them back in the 80s, okay? So what I teach is life lessons. See, first thing, most sales trainers want to teach you to sell. First thing, they got to teach you to be a person. Yeah, well, that's what I'm saying. You, to, you have to have faith yourself. in you first. Then you probably know Russell You got Hall. faith in you. That's half the battle. You probably know Russell Hall. You then, right? Uh, I might. 
Hawkins. Man, I know so many people. I he forgot. Worked all these, he worked at all these dealerships. <laughs> I'm so well known. But no, he worked at all these dealerships. But Russell had a, a special talent. Russell had a system where Russell had access to all the credit bureaus. You could go in anywhere he worked, and he could clean people's record up right then and there. He had, I don't know how he did it. Oh, yeah, when they were doing the credit repair, yeah, they stopped everybody from doing them at the dealerships. Yeah. But I was doing credit repair because I did, see, I, I, I became the special finance manager, and I chose special finance for a reason. First thing, I'm going to help people get cars legally. You know, second thing is that there are more people with bad credit than with good credit. Mm-hmm. And you think you get ripped off on a car deal? No, you only get ripped off on a car deal if you have good credit. If you're financing a car deal and you have bad credit, social credit, you got to go to specify. Them banks ain't trying to, they just want to make sure they got just enough in there where they're going to get their money. They ain't trying to overload you with a whole bunch of stuff. If you got good credit, you stand a better chance of getting ripped off at a dealership than a person with bad credit. And I was so well-known in Fairfield. It was funny. I had somebody hit me on Facebook and say, hey, didn't you used to work in uh, Fairfield selling cars? I said, yep, you sold my mama car. I remember you. I ain't sold cars since 19, uh, since 2001. Yeah. yeah, 2001. All right. So people remember me. You see what I'm saying? In sales, they remember me because they had a good time. They enjoyed spending their money with, with me. I told them the things they needed. I was knowledgeable about my product. I went in the good guys in Seattle. I'm up there. Me and my girl, we had a falling out. So I'm going to the house in Seattle. I'm going to stay up there a few months and uh, let her chill. And uh, I go up there, so I'm bored. I get a job at Good Guys. Guy looks at me and says, oh, man, you're way overqualified. I hate when people say that. I say, you want a salesperson or you want to go, go by my past history? I, I want to work. Mm-hmm. So he said, okay, well, we're, we're going to hire you. I said, okay, good. Uh, I want to do electronics. Can I do electronics? He said, yeah. So they tell me about electronics and all this. They show me this whole wall of stuff that came back that's been refurbished or whatever, checked out. It's all good to sell. And they're paying a higher commission on that. I cleaned that whole wall up in a week. There wasn't nothing left on that wall because that's where the money was. Not only that, I sold new stuff too. You know what I'm saying? But I'd sell personally, hey, if, this, if this, you got this, you, you need this too. But here, instead of buying that one, you can get this one at half price. And it has the full warranty, everything, blah, blah, blah. Easy. Easy. Some people wanted the new one. Okay, good. No problem. But with good guys, they had a system you only could sell in your department. I had people who didn't want to deal with other salespeople in other departments. How come you can't go to stereo with me? Uh, That's another person's department. So I had to go talk to the manager. I change rules where I'm at because, see, I see systems. That's one thing that I'm, I'm good at. I can look at your business, look at your life, look at everything. I can tell you your system, and I can mm. tell you where you're, where you're failing at and what's going to happen in the future. And this is how I made my money, too. I helped other companies survive. <laughs> you know, companies, there's companies who owe me for their survival. In 2005, Bush made me chairman of the National Business Advisory Council. I refused the job because I would have to be partisan. But I said, I'll take, you know, I'll, I'll give it to somebody else. So he made me the, um, 
uh, what is it, honorary chairman, mm-hmm. right? But I had to do this town hall meeting at the White House dinner and all this other stuff. And so all these companies start calling me and unions, all sorts of stuff. Man, you'd be surprised at how much shit goes on in these companies. I said, man, I'm running my company all nice and clean. These people embezzling money. They're doing everything wrong. Man, I used to work for so people. I'm used to be in clean up their company. And they all crooks. <laughs> Believe me. Because yeah. if they're not crooks, Man, look, then they're supporting they're supporting crooks who are doing the crookedness, and and that's why yeah, I, I, yeah or, or or don't even some of them don't even know they're doing illegal shit. That's the thing about it. But uh, you, well, then you have to you have to answer everybody don't know all the laws how, and rules. How does one become involved with a den of thieves and and get manipulated and realize that they can't do the things that they promised their constituents without knowing it? They well, first thing is called, well, it, it could be greed. Okay, like, especially if it's for some bullshit, it's usually greed. Like people getting caught. Like people get caught because of greed. If they wasn't greedy, they wouldn't get caught. You know what I'm saying? I've never been caught. Why? Because I ain't greedy. I don't care if you got this foot to If I don't want it, I don't want it. And if I do want it, I'm going to check it out real thoroughly and make sure it's what it's supposed to be and it functions what it's supposed to be, and then we're about to do this. Yeah, yeah, I get it. But I try to tell people, pay attention, learn. I spent, you know, Mm -hmm. my brother sent me a video, like I said, about the what black wealthy black people do that black people who aren't wealthy don't do. One Mm -hmm. of the things was study. One of the things is that oh, they say she was wrong on one thing about how many hours I watch TV about ten hours a day, minimum, mostly YouTube because I'm checking news, I'm checking stocks, I'm checking this. So you can get a lot of stuff just off of YouTube, and I'm right there, got a five-second commercial, maybe click past that, and I'm into what I'm going to have to learn, you know? Mm -hmm. So I've always created, I've always took time to study things. Like, okay, like the program I was telling you about, the digital financial program. Mm -hmm. This is how people can make money and build wealth and investments and good credit and everything just using apps. Mm-hmm. If you got some money already, great. But the, but the first two apps bring you money. And one saves you money. Then there's another one I have that, that you know, everything, everything you do in the pattern, you start from number one. That's why, I only, that's why on my Facebook and everything, I'm only promoting two things, tapestry, and get upside. There's and, more apps to follow. And what? But if you can't do these two simple things, get well, upside. Get upside. Get upside. Upside. Get upside. Okay. So get upside is yeah. That I'll send you the link to that one too. Oh, okay. If, if I haven't sent it to you. Okay. No, tapestry you is the first step because tapestry. Tapestry. You start with zero dollars. And you earn money. It doesn't even cost you nothing to get into tapestry. Just that's why I tell people y'all need to pay attention to this because you ain't understanding how powerful a financial tool tapestry is. Tapestry pays everybody between five to twenty-five dollars a month just for your anonymous data, travel data. That's the only thing they want. If you look at what tapestry asks for compared to your weather app, you'd be like, damn, my weather app wants nine, ten things. Tapestry only wants four. 
They don't want your friends list. They don't want that's up to you. But if you do share it, you earn a dollar per person per month. So let's figure that if you, you're helping a person make free money and you're going to earn $12 a year off of that person. You got a thousand people. That's twelve hundred dollars. That's twelve hundred, twelve thousand dollars a year. Not counting what the app pays you on the front end. And then you can make more money inside. This is all free. This is all just on the front side. You're not an affiliate or anything of that. By doing surveys, you can earn a dollar or more per survey. All right. So there's one lady. She did like one hundred eighty-eight dollars just in the first uh, two weeks on just survey. All right, so tapestry is the first start because that gets you start putting money into your pocket. Now, get upside helps you save some money. It saves you money on two things. Well, three things, gas, restaurants, and now they're adding the stores and grocery stores and, and convenience stores. All right, so that's a free app, right? Now, this app, saves you money when you buy gas. Most people have cars, so they have to buy gas. It saves you like 20 cents, 30 cents a gallon per gallon, all right? Uh, it saves you up to 45% depending on the restaurants in your area on restaurants. And this is, you pay for it, you get cash back to you, right? Mm -hmm. To your account. Um, you get the discount back to your account. And it's cashable, it's cash. You can get cash. Turn any of this into cash everywhere. Tapestry pays you automatically every on the fifteenth of every month, as long as you got at least ten dollars and you got your pay stuff set up through PayPal or, or Stripe. Both mm -hmm. of these use Stripe too. Um, so now sharing this app to people gets you sometimes a bonus. Like right now, they got a two dollar and twenty two cent bonus to everybody that you share the app to. They get a bonus and you get the bonus. And you earn one cent per gallon of gas. Yesterday, I earned 83 cents. So the people that I had, that used the app that I sent it to, they bought at least 83 gallons of gas yesterday. Now, that don't sound like a lot of money. Oh, that's only 83 cents, but let's think about it. We just started pushing these. These ain't even, these apps are, <laughs> are, are like, the only one, the oldest one of the two apps is GetUpside, and they're about a year old. And now you'll probably start seeing advertisements on TV and everything because I was talking to them. They're going to do some – they've got a promotion team now, so they're going to start doing a promotion team. So we're helping building companies that are helping to save you money and make you money. So you mm -hmm. can, so get upside pays you and it saves you money to everybody you share it to. Same thing with Tapestry. Tapestry, you share it to people. That's all you do. Mm -hmm. So, because, so, see, the plan, my plan is, like I said, in the future, we ain't talking about next week, we ain't talking about two years from now, but in the future, every day, people are losing jobs to technology. So in the, far, in the, in the near future, I'd say in the next 10, 15 years, a lot of us are going to be wondering how we're going to get a dollar. We're going to hope for there's a universal pay plan or whatever they want to do because you're not going to be able to work because technology took your jobs and COVID's helping because you can't give you can't give COVID to a machine and you don't have to worry about them not coming to work when something breaks down they usually have a backup and service gets right on it they got restaurants going robotic 
delivery services, drone delivery is is already it's already cracking. Um, uh, the restaurants started the first drone delivery for restaurants. That was uh, was it crazy chicken El Polo Loco. They're the first restaurant to use drone delivery. All right, so we're driving jobs are going to be gone. Self driving cars eventually will take your Uber drives and and taxi and all that away from you. Uh, truck driving jobs are going to be gone because the self driving same technology. Yeah, but I, uh, I don't, airplane, I don't so, know how how fast that's going to be moving because man, they having all kinds. Uh, we already have the technology. Yeah, they have the, the technology, technology is already here. But the technology haven't stopped these cars from wrecking and, and hurting people. Hey, hey, hey! If it's if it's safer than people, they win. If it's safer than people, it they win. I don't care if it if we had a hundred people have an accident and had ninety nine uh, self driving car accidents, and we may say there's only one accident difference, but it's still safer than people. If it performs better than people, manufactures better than people, works faster than people, more accurate than people, on time because they're and always more, there, and, cost more um, than the other and can work 24 hours a day if you need them. You see? Now, well, right even, now, we still well, need people if, Even if you have a car that's capable of doing that, that thing has to be kept up, too. They have made a car that's going to be. And don't you think they have don't, don't you think they're going to have machines? You roll it in like automatically. They used to wash cars by hand. Now you roll, you pay, push a button and roll through the machine. They wash these tires, clean the wheel, put the extra wax on it. Have you, you, ever, been, have you ever been in a place where they build cars? I've been to Detroit. I worked on the assembly line. You can't just roll something up in there. It's a whole lot of parts be moving there and a whole lot of people. You, they don't have a machine. It's a whole, but, but have you seen today's? Have you seen today's assembly line? Yeah, I've seen them. It's eighty yeah. percent robotics. Eighty, eighty. But they got to have the humans robotics. in there to keep that stuff working. You see those places in For fact, right now. Ford Motor Company just hired a whole right now. people to to be a help build these yeah, new cars that they're getting ready to put out. So they're going to have to have physical. For right now. You're looking at today's terms. Stop it. We're talking about tomorrow. So the trend you see now, just like homelessness, is going to constantly grow until we put a stop to it. Everything is up to man. We can sit here and pray to God, but God says, uh, I gave you all free will. Work it out. Well, I'll step in when I need to step in. All right. Well, let's let's try to work some of this. Our problems are small. Let's try to work some of this stuff. Well, first thing we got. Let's try to work. We got to have a plan. Let's try to work some of this stuff out next week because we rolling past nine o'clock here, and uh, the mother people got to have. Oh, eight. okay, definitely. But, uh, but look here, thank definitely. you for coming yeah, on. Yeah, yeah, give me a call next week. Let's be up. All right. Oh yeah, you... for real. Anytime. All right, brother. Take care of yourself. Definitely. You too. Whole tip. Uh, once again, uh, good evening, Hotel. folks. Uh, this is uh, Dr. Kwaku. We're going to be signing off. This is T25CL Entertainment. This is, once again, Galaxy Talk Radio, and this is The Mothership. We'll be back again next week at 745, same time, Pacific time. I uh, hope you enjoyed the show. Take care and have a blessed evening. Take care.
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.